Hello, and welcome to Nostalgia Arcana. I'm your host, Doug Leaf. Each episode of this podcast, we'll look back on the movies, TV, games, people, and phenomena that we still love talking about all these years later, and ask ourselves why these bits of pop culture still enchant us today. This week, we'll be revisiting... The year is 20XDX, and Robot Masters have run amok. We are revisiting Mega Man 2 today, an all-time classic video game from the Nintendo Entertainment System, released in 1988 in Japan and 1989 the following year in the United States. I played the shit out of this game. I love it so much. It was so much fun to revisit this. And, uh, of course, I'm not doing it alone. Uh, he is the, the rock to my role. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast again. Rich Baker. So honored to be back every time, Doug. It's a pleasure. So uh, you, you had been talking to me about doing this one for a long time, so I'm glad we're getting around to it. Uh, tell me about why you wanted to talk about Mega Man 2, he said as he slipped, uh, slipped I, from his E-Tank mug. Oh, nice mug, yeah. I've got, uh, I've got so many memories of me playing different Mega Man games uh, throughout my childhood, but uh, Mega Man 2... Uh, I know that, like, it, it, for me, a lot, like, I definitely remember playing through it, but I know that in a larger scale that there wouldn't be Mega Mans after one if it wasn't, like, apparently two was, like, opened up a bridge and, like, Mega Man X and Mega Man 3 and, and so many, I haven't even played all of them, but uh, this one really busted it wide open. Mega, the first one's good, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit, but uh, this one really upped the ante by quite a bit. Yeah, the, the production of this, I think, is one of the most interesting things about it. But uh, tell me about your nostalgic memories of it. Like, being a kid, I mean, did you... I assume you must have owned the cartridge. I owned the first Mega Man cartridge. It was one of the... You know, my Nintendo came with, uh, like, Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, and Track and Field, because I had the power pad. Uh, but uh, I think the first game that I bought after that game that came with it was the first Mega Man game. And I played the heck out of it. Well, that puts you in rare company because I because uh, you know the original Mega Man was not a big seller. It was Mega Man Two that, as you said, busted everything wide open. I also yeah. I did not have Mega Man One, but I had a friend who did, and it, I played it after I had played the second one, and it was an interesting kind of novelty to go back to. It's much harder. Um, it's, yeah. it's real unforgiving, and it's you know it it almost feels like a proof of concept for what Mega Man Two would be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But Mega Man 2 had better replay value for me, you know, to, and it was, I also remember like feeling super satisfied when I beat Mega Man 2. I never actually could beat the first Mega Man, uh, but uh, I did make my way through Mega Man 2. And, th and that, I remember, you know, I didn't, there weren't a lot of games I could beat. I wasn't that kind of a gamer. 
as a kid. So when when there was one that I could actually make my way through, I felt pretty proud of myself. Yeah, my nostalgic memories of it, of course, are just you know playing it a lot. I have a few oddball memories. So like there was this kid I knew who uh, it, you know wasn't really my friend. He was my mom's friend's son. So that just happens when you're a kid, right? You end up playing with your parents' friends' kids. And he yeah, had yeah, it, yeah, of course. and he gave me, I remember giving me this whole spiel about how he had made up lyrics to the, the you know, the music from the game and him mm-hmm. singing along to, you know, when we were playing it, like these lyrics he had made up. I wish I could remember them because I'm sure they were, you know, <laughs> really something. Um, I, yeah. I don't remember them, but that was like an odd memory I had. And we'll talk about the soundtrack, which is another all time great uh, you know, Absolutely, a baller of a soundtrack. So, uh, maybe the best thing to do for people who don't know this game is to kind of talk about just the nuts and bolts of what it is. Yeah. So, you know, if you're in Japan, it's called Rock Man, but here in the U.S., we always we always knew him as Mega Man, and that's you're you're this little blue guy with an arm blaster, and you basically need to defeat bosses at the end of levels that are they're all robots every enemy is a robot except the very end boss which is dr wiley and he's the the mastermind behind it all he's he's the mega boss uh once you beat him you've restored peace essentially yeah and the the way the game actually works so you 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 have classic nes you know run left to right mostly um but you run through these levels you you have a a much tighter little jump arc than mario his his control is actually extremely tight and they nailed that in the first game like it's it's not any different from game one to game two and really it's the same on all of the nes games one through six and uh so you've got this tight little jump arc you've got this little blaster with unlimited ammo and each time you defeat one of these robot bosses you get a uh, a new type of weapon based on their theme because all of them are, you know, are kind of thematic that have sort of use cases and they have unlike your regular blaster they have limited ammunition but really virtually unlimited ammunition because the enemies drop so much you know when you kill them they'll drop more ammo and you pick it up and you fill back up your meter and so it's all yeah. about learning like okay what weapon do i use for what occasion uh, and then, yeah, you just make the, the other innovation, of course, that you can do these levels in any order you choose. Although there is, uh, as we'll talk about, a uh, kind of a recommended order for this based on what is sort of an eight way rock, paper, scissors about how each one of each of the game's bosses is vulnerable to one of the other's uh, weapons. So you you, there's, you pick a good place to start, and then you just kind of, once you know it, you work through them in that order to make taking them out very, very easy. Yeah, and it was you know one of those early games that, uh, that I experienced where it was like you level up, right? It's like you start out, you've just got your blaster. Okay, you beat your first boss. Now you've got a new weapon. And by the end of the game, you have this huge array of different tools, essentially, for every situation that you can run into. Right, and you also get three different, uh, I don't know what to call these, they're not weapons really, but they're they're sort of um, traversal tools, so there's like little elevators you can make to go up, there's a little like rocket jet that takes you across the map really quickly, you also get, as I alluded to earlier, energy tanks, which are just these refillable tanks of, of health that you can deploy when you need to, to give yourself a little more uh, energy, and that, that was another way of offsetting the the crushing difficulty of the first game that did not have these. So you can find them out in the environment. And if you miss one, you can replay the stage after you have the tools you need to go get it uh, and collect all of these. Cause you'll probably need them for the last uh, stretch of levels in Dr. Wiley's castle. Oh yeah. And I mean, it, it's very built up in a nice way. And it's like, once you're equipped, then it, the Annie goes much higher and then you have to refight the bosses, which we'll talk about later. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but this is probably a good, time to talk about the development of this which is actually it's really sweet because like like we said the original Mega Man was not a big hit so when the director the the main brains behind this is a guy named Kenji Inafune and you know they they went to Capcom the developer and said we'd really like to make a second Mega Man game and they said you know it wasn't a big seller but basically if you want to make this on your own time we'll let you so the entire team did this as a labor of love because they over like three, four months, um, which, wow. you know, the, the lucky thing they had was that the, the fundamental engine didn't change from one to two. They didn't have to totally reinvent the wheel. They had to make new stages yeah. and new bosses and new weapons and stuff, but sort of the, some of the hard work was done, but nevertheless, they were doing this stuff after hours and, 
you know, kind of, you know, on a, a wing and a prairie. It ended up being one of the most beloved games in this franchise and and for the entire platform. And like I said, there's there were six uh, games on the NES. There were these games that were made for the Super NES later, this X series, then Mega Man Legends. Like, the entire series exists because of this. You know, it was this, you know, somehow Hail Mary that worked. And, like, that, you can feel that when you play it. Like, you can feel that it's a labor of love. Yeah, you know, there were a lot of one-and-done games back in the day, and I feel like it's kind of like uh, TV shows. You know, sometimes they need a season to cook before, and then it's, oh, this is a huge franchise, uh, but we we didn't see it with the first game, and it's really cool. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that this was the first time that they did the uh, fans wrote in to name the bosses contest. Do you, you know about this? Yeah, yeah, no, I do. Um, because I remember doing it, uh, you know, contributing ideas when I think it was for must have been for Mega Man three because yeah. they kept doing this. You know, the fans could you know, send in ideas for these robot guys. So all of the bosses in this game, it's like wood man, air man, heat man, bubble man. Right. That's so there are all these yeah. um, robots. Some word man. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's, that's their naming convention throughout the series. And uh, I, I remember that, like working with a, a, a going to a friend's house and we were just dashing them out. I was drawing them as quick as I could think of them and we sent them all in. I don't believe any of them ended up in Mega Man 3, but, I, you know, they must have received thousands of submissions of fairly similar stuff. So it's hard to know. Yeah, I, I submitted some too as a kid, but I also did not uh, make the cut. <laughs> we, I think they would have let you know, like there were actual prizes for those. Yeah, I'm sure I would have heard something if I had, if I had won it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and they they you they've put their thumb on the scale a little bit in that they they were already well into designing these levels. So like they had this idea for a forest level, and so they just sort of looked at the you know submissions like, well, what which of these guys would fit a forest? Oh, someone came up with an idea for Woodman. Perfect. Okay, we'll put him in there, right? And you can sort of yeah. feel that because like there's um, I think it's Flashman has this very ice. Like his stage is full of like these slippery ice blocks and stuff. Flashman himself is not ice themed, so you can feel they were kind of like, eh, we like this Flashman idea. Uh, we already built this ice level, so he he can live here. It's close enough. Yeah, well, his superpower is that he freezes time, so freeze, freeze. I mean, it's pretty weak, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so we'll talk about each of the stages in turn, but um, and of course you'll be hearing bits of the soundtrack that go with it because uh, the yeah. soundtrack by uh, composer Takeshi Tateishi. I, I may be pronouncing that wrong. Um, it's incredible. And what I found out about him was, you know, a lot of the composers who were working at Capcom at that time, they all had these classical music backgrounds. And Tateishi had, like, a background of playing in a rock band. And man, does that show. And, yeah, and again, you'll be listening to it throughout this episode. But, like, they all sound like, you know, as best as you can on the NES's limited chip. Uh, yeah, it's rock music. Yeah, I mean, rock man, rock music makes sense to me. Well, if you go to like, if you ever find any of these bands that like cover, you know, old game music and play it, like you're guaranteed to hear this. Like it's such a natural oh, yeah. fit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you want to get into the uh, bosses? Sure. So the game opens with this cute little cutscene, which again, like kind of an innovation over the first one, where you you know you see this like Neo Tokyo looking city. And, you know, Mega Man looking over it, it's, just, it's a really nice little intro because, again, the plot is really, yeah. thin, you know, not necessary and, and thin, but it's enough to be evocative. And he, you know, he teleports out and we're off. And, yeah, so you can tackle these stages, like I said, in any order, but there is probably a um, a best order to do it. I don't have that in front of me, but you probably want to start with Metal Man. Because his weapon is so useful. Right. One, so Metal Man's stage is uh, its like a factory, as you would expect, right? It's full of gears and, and uh, kind of the gameplay, you know, the, the unique gameplay feature of this level is it's got a lot of uh, conveyor belts in it and going in either direction. So you have to sort of manage your footing as you 
make your way through. But yeah, Metal Man himself goes down pretty easy, even with your your basic weapon. Uh, but what you get for it is a, a this like spinning saw blade that you can fire in eight directions. Yeah, which is very useful. Well, that's because your your primary weapon just fires ahead of you in a straight line, which is okay. Yeah. But anytime you have enemies that are coming from above or below, you know now you have a problem because you don't have a weapon that can go that way. So this does, and you know you could pre- spend most of the game just you know with this equipped. It's it's yeah yeah yeah, and it also it doesn't like because as you said earlier, you get a meter for like how much ammo you have, but I believe it was just like one little pixel per blade. So you had. A lot, yeah, a, a lot of blades. Right. Some of these go down at different rates. Where like you, you know, you're, you have like all of the meters visually look the same, but yeah, the metal one metal blade is probably like one, you know, tick off of that meter. Whereas some of the others, where it's like you know, like the Flashman thing, you can only use like twice, you know, yeah. or, or once I think actually, depending on how. I you think do. that one's just once actually. Yeah. yeah so. You have to be judicious in how you use some of them, but this one you don't. It's basically like, yeah, yeah, here, have a free one on us. Go nuts. Yeah. Uh, and it's a lot of fun to play with it once you get it. Uh, I, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and next after that, I'm not sure who you would go to, who's weak to. Um... Uh, well, according, according to uh, the fandom wiki, you would go to uh, Flashman after Metal Man. talked about it's this stage is much more vertical um you know or has a lot more like this is not your classic super mario thing where you just go left to right um these levels will have a little more you know up and then over and then down and maybe back to the left you know it's still a path but it's a slightly more interesting path and Flashman's level has some like paths within paths because depending on which you know track you kind of get yourself onto some of them will go to like an energy tank uh, or a free life or something, and others won't. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this game, there were there were some other games after it that definitely did this, but this is one of the first games I remember that, like, it f- almost felt more like an obstacle course to get to the bosses than it was a bunch of enemies, right? It's like, in Castlevania, it was like, oh, the enemies come at you, I gotta whip them. But, like, this is more like, the enemies are there, but, like, if they hit you at this spot, you'll fall on the spikes or you'll fall off the, the thing. And, and so the, the maneuverability was really the challenge in these levels. Yeah, this one in particular, because it's, like, as we said before, it's very slippery. So your you know, yeah. normally tight movement is kind of inhibited. This one also features, I believe, some of those, like, they do this thing with these disappearing, reappearing blocks on kind yeah. of a timer. So you got to get, it's it's about once, you know, it goes like, like once a second. And you, you get used to the rhythm and you watch it a few times, then you go, okay, I got to jump on this thing. And then I know it's about time to jump because it's going to disappear under my feet before the next one appears. So you have to memorize yeah. the, the pattern to, to traverse those things. Or if you've made it there with one of these other, you know, traversal tools, you can obviate that by, you know, zipping past them on the, you know, the little rocket scooter or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get to Flashman uh, himself. Yep. Who, um, uh, you want to describe what he does? Sure. Uh, trying to pull it up real quick, but because um, the the funny thing about uh, and this is true with a lot of the Mega Man uh, series is that the power that you get from the boss is not necessarily the weapon they're using against you. But in this case, I believe it is. Is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're, so, you're, yeah. Go ahead and take it if you. Yeah. Remember, no, he I'm, he I'm fr- yeah freezes time. Um. So he'll freeze time, and so all of a sudden you're stuck, and he goes and he hits you. Um, so you want to use, yeah, Metal Man's Blade to take him down. Uh, and now you yeah. have a, a time-freezing tool. So, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Where, where does the wiki say to go next? I used to have this totally internalized, and now I, I don't. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I did, too, way back in the day. Uh, according to this, uh, Quick Man is the next thing to do. Yeah. Which is Boomerang. <laughs> Thank you. 
say this is really tough uh, because this is more it's vertical and it mostly and it involves like you're dropping you're just falling uh, and you can fall as long as you want in this game you won't you won't get hurt as long as you don't land on like spikes or a, you know an actual uh, bottomless pit but so you're falling down yeah. these vertical shafts while these lasers are kind of coming in from the sides and they will kill you in one hit so you have to basically find this correct path to fall to avoid those basically so you you fall faster than they come in from the sides but since you've got the flashman thing you get one shot to freeze time for however, however many seconds it lasts until it runs out so you want yeah. to kind of use this you, you get past some of the easier parts and then when you get to the part where it's really hairy you fire off this and then you you sail through yeah, and it's. I think it's impossible to do without the time freeze, as far as I know. It's not impossible, but it is very. No, it's it's wow. you no, know, it's not impossible, but it is very wow. they, a very narrow margin for error. Yeah, um, yeah, and then you get to uh, Quick Man, who's this guy in a little robot, in a little pink leotard, who throws, yeah, <laughs> yeah. who throws boomerangs, boomerangs. Yeah, yeah, and you freeze time, and he basically dies. <laughs> you know, it's immediate. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Not 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 that hard to get him. Yeah, again, and then yeah, the quick. I was gonna say one thing oh, that happens okay. when you—it's kind of cute when you get the um, the new power. It go. It takes you to this screen where it shows your your because you change colors depending on which one you're armed with. So it shows this little cute cartoon version of you changing colors that it shows. You know, oh, you got this um, this particular power. And again, for a handful of them, you get that. You additionally get that traversal tool. So like Doctor Light, you're. Um, you know, he, he's your creator. Will will chime in and go, "Oh, guess what? You got a new thing too. Here, here's this." Yeah, yeah, which is you know a little bonus. Yeah. Oh, also, we didn't mention this, but the game has a password system, which was nice because you couldn't save your game. And uh, a lot of NES games, they didn't have. There were a handful of games that had battery packs on them where you could, but here you couldn't do that. But if if you died, you could get this like it's like a five by five grid of dots. And so I remember having pages and pages where I'd write down all of the dots to like yep. resume where I had left off. Yep, I had a whole notebook of like, and I would I like I draw it out, and then I'd write under I you know this is this and that you know like yeah, it's a whole thing. Uh, so then you take ready that, to go underwater. Yeah, we take that boomerang and we go underwater to Bubble Man's stage. Bubble Man. <laughs> You don't start, you start above water, but there's like this really cool waterfall behind you. And then eventually you go underwater, which is the uh, pro of being a robot. You don't have to breathe. Right. <laughs> you don't have to breathe, but you are still vulnerable to the tons of spikes that are on the top of the ceiling. And they, again, mess with the physics here because your your jump will take you much higher all, all the way to the top of the screen than it would, uh, obviously, on, on dry land. So you have to manage that very carefully and you'll be very gingerly tap that jump button to avoid just... I remember when I was younger, I got eventually got good at it, but for a long time, this was a hard thing for me because I'd keep like, damn it, I just like, keep banging myself into the ceiling and dying instantly. And you get this like amazing yeah. little like NES, like, pew, pew, as you just... A bunch of circles just come out of you and you're you have to restart. Yeah, again, you know, every level, again, they really make it an obstacle course because you've got the spikes on the ceiling that you don't want to hit, and then you've got to, like, go down a path where there's spikes on both sides, so you're going to kind of, like, time your fall, and then you've got another set of jumps over a bottomless pit kind of deal. Yeah, and we haven't even talked about the aesthetics here. The, the, the graphics on this are, I think, remain really impressive for yeah. for the much more so than than the original Mega Man, the much more interesting backgrounds and the character designs are very like anime cute robots. They're some of the cutest designs possible on the NES. Yeah. Uh, and so the so for example here, one of the enemies you face is this giant robot anglerfish. Like yeah, yeah. really detailed stuff for the NES. Like much more detailed. It's much larger and more interesting looking. And you just have to 
manage kind of avoiding these projectiles it's throwing at you as you kill the little um you 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 uh focus your fire on the like little thing on the end of the angler's angle i'm yeah, i'm not a marine yeah. biologist i don't know what you call that thing his dingle dongle <laughs> you shoot his dingle yeah. dongle till he dies um so there's and you know. this this is one of many examples of a character that has a personality right like the way his face and eyes like you almost like feel like it's like a person right like a game like contra you know you don't even see faces or anything it's just like a little dot for the head but this game like all the bosses like their eyebrows move and stuff like that and this anglerfish is like it's it's a very interesting like picture yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's true, like I said, throughout these levels. We should highlight some of the cool visual things in each of those. Uh, there isn't too much in Flashman, Quickman, or Metal Man stage, unfortunately. Those are more some of the more bland ones, but this one is really expressive. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, you yeah. make your way to Bubble Man, and you use the boomerangs on him. He goes down pretty quick, but basically he is throwing kind of like bubbles at you in all of these things are kind of the same there you're all of the boss rooms it's a square room sometimes the floor is uneven but it's a it's one screen that's the square you are locked in like this gate comes down behind you you know he jumps in there's a little like fanfare as their you know health meter goes up and then it's a man, matter of just simply dodging him as he bounces around the room and whatever projectiles the boss throws at you well, yeah, and in this one, it has those same spikes on the ceiling you were talking about. Right. So it, you've also got to avoid those. Right, and which kill you, like I said, one hit, you're dead. Instantly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so you take those bubbles, and you take them over to Heat Man, as I recall. Heat Man! I love his design. He's just like he's like a cigarette lighter with arms and legs and a head. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> he, he does look like a Zippo kind of like exactly. like Mister Zippo could be his other his alternative name. Yeah, he definitely that's exactly it's a golden Zippo with like red arms and legs. Uh, and, yeah. and his stage looks like it was probably designed to be a sewer, and uh, the, yeah, they it made feels it red. like. It feels like Mario level two, like very underground, a lot of bricks kind of thing, but they, they made it lava. Yeah. Like, so like the, there's this, you know, very brightly colored sludge flowing along the bottom in most places, which is, yeah, it's, it looks like lava. Um, again, like, you know, much, you mentioned like Mario level two, but like Mario world one, two, it's a black background and some bricks. Like it's as rudimentary as the yeah. NES got, was, you know, very early in the console's life cycle. Sure. This is, you know, this looks pretty good. It's, you know, again, it's very, you know, expressive in the, in terms of the backgrounds. Um, you get all kinds of weird, like fire creatures and like spouts of fire as you make your way through this. And uh, yeah. You know, and they, they really make the most of color uh, on the NES in this game. Cause this, you know, this bubble man's felt very blue. This feels very red. Yeah, they very, they they very they do a really good job in this game of differentiating each place as ma- making it feel like it's its own unique and uh, you know uh, biome or environment. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so again, you just kind of make your way through this one. Um, not a lot of gimmicks to it, other than a lot of like kind of bottomless pits full of lava. Here. A lot of those. That's their that's their main thing. There's a lot of those uh, disappearing, reappearing blocks here. In fact, there's one notorious section where it just kind of goes on and on and on and on with those, and you have to do it for a really yep. long time. Or, again, you zip past them with the jet, which is the correct way to do it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it easy on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and you get to Heat Man, and the, the trick with the bubble jet is that it basically it, it creates this fairly sizable, like, one bubble that arcs in front of you and hits the ground and then rolls along the ground. It kind of does the exact opposite of what you would expect a bubble to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These are machine bubbles, so they, they got their own physics. It's, it, yeah, it be, what it behaves more like is a hula hoop. Like rolling along yeah. the ground. Uh, and yeah, hit, you hit Heat Man with enough of those, and he goes down while he's just sort of throwing fireballs at you. Yeah. yeah. They make the bosses almost, I would say, almost too easy when you know the right weapon to use. Well, yeah, if you know the right weapon to use, then they really go down without a fight. Even if you're just using your Mega Buster, it's often kind of like, it's just a, what I know some other podcasters call this a DPS. It's a damage per second race, which is you shoot him, he shoots you, and as long as you're shooting him enough, you'll survive. You know, uh, his, his meter goes down faster than yours. You're okay. 
Uh, yeah. And that, that's kind of all there is to it. I mean, I think they, they mentioned that in the production that they did not have as much time as they would have liked to kind of make the bosses more interesting. They kind of poured all of their love and attention into the levels, which is fine. Like, you know, it's, you know, it does not every boss fight has to be this epic showdown in a game. You know, um, I think that's a great lesson in creativity, right? Of like, like if we, we would rather have Mega Man two as with its flaws then not have it, right? And so, like, I'm glad they just, okay, we don't have time for this. We're just going to make it okay and get it out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you take that uh, heat ray and you take it over to, I believe, Woodman. Sure, you, you have fire, trees, makes sense. Yep, and this is the forest level we talked about before. It is, you know, beautifully, as you would expect, lush. And this one's also full of really fun, expressive, I'll say creatures, but they're not. They're all robots, but, like, they're robot yeah. bats. And they're, like, a cute design. So the, it looks like a bowling ball. Like, it's this black sphere that then opens up into these big purple wings and, like, cute. It almost looks like a Furby. You know, those fly at you. Yeah, um, yeah. Looks like a Furby, absolutely. Yeah, and then there's those big blue, like, wolves. There's big blue wolves, um, and they're kind of like you can't get past them without hurting them. Like the bats, you can kind of maybe run past or jump over, but yeah, the wolves things or whatever you have to kill. Uh, they take a lot of hits, and they're real large. You can't jump over them, so you have to yeah go after them and take them down. Uh, and they're not that hard. Yeah. They they spit out those like ball, yeah. balls and like this kind of reverse parabola. They go down and then up. So you just kind of get yourself in the middle there and jump over them. You know, like a jump rope basically, and uh, just keep firing away till he goes down. Um, yeah, and there's also I believe there's some like where are they monkeys or gorillas later on like swinging around? Looks like gorillas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and they're hanging from underneath, which is cool. We haven't seen a robot do that yet. And then they they you know fling themselves up in kind of a, a way you don't expect. Yeah, I, I like that. Again, you know the, the earlier Mega Man or earlier games, the game of Mega Mega Man, Mega Man One would just have kind of these certain repeating enemies that you would just sort of see in every stage. Like you know they weren't that. You know, they weren't that interesting. Uh, sort of like Mario in that, like, yeah, yeah, the level, the 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 obstacle course is different, but, like, the, the turtles and the Goombas and stuff are all kind of the same. Here, yeah. you know, they, there are certain, like, holdover. There's those little um, guys with the hard hats that pop. You know, you can't kill until they look up. You know, there's those guys. Yeah. Um, there's a few of these, like, repeating enemies. But basically, each stage, like I said, is its own biome with its own unique creatures and, and things to deal with. Which I really love, and they kind of continued that theme uh, with later Mega Man's too. Absolutely, yeah. Like once they hit this, it's like okay, we we cracked it. We we've got the formula. So Mega Man Three, yeah. the, the differences between Mega Man Three and Mega Man Two are pretty negligible. Um, you know, it's kind of just yeah. more of the same, which is not surprising because they once this was a hit, they pumped that thing out super fast. To you know, like another one of these things where it's like okay, Capcom was like, all right, you made all the money, make another one now. Uh, and yeah, Mega yeah. Man 3, no, 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 no. yeah, it, Mega Man Three is pretty fun, um, but I, I think oh, yeah, this remains. I mean, there, I like them all. This remains the best one, I think. Um, so okay, yeah. so we so we meet Woodman, who is he's basically like again like a tree. These guys all kind of look like mascots to a degree. He's a tree stump with arms and legs. Yeah, and uh, he has this like. There's basically two things he's doing. He's got these like leaves that you know, float down back and forth from the ceiling, like four at a time, which you have to sort of dodge in between, which is tricky. Uh, and then he yeah. will shield himself with these four leaves that go around him. And you can't hit him at all until he fires this like rotating thing of four leaves at you, which you have to then jump yeah. over and then hit him while he's vulnerable before he does it again. Yep. And if you've got the atomic fire, you get to get it done pretty quick. Oh yeah. Well, he's a tree. That makes sense, right? They, they, they again. <laughs> it's an eight-way rock paper scissors, so it, it, it of course makes sense. Yes. And so you take that woodman and you go over to airman stage.
I love this stage. It, I think a lot of people hate it, but it's you're in the sky. So again, the big danger is a lot of bottomless pits. Yes, I, I would say I love to watch people play this stage. I hate to play this stage. <laughs> it's it, it definitely like this is one of those things that gives you this fear of heights. Even though like eh, it's no more re- really it's no more bottomless pits than any other game of this vintage. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's very blue with clouds, and the clouds, you know, kind of dictate where you go, and they even hide some of the level, which is kind of cool. And you've got these, uh, again, I don't know what they're called, but these huge face enemies with these, like, little uh, pointy horns. drills horns, yeah. But they come out. So, like, so you, the, the head you're talking about isn't really the enemy. That's, you're, that's a platform. So you're standing on what looks like this giant, like, sort of robot version of a tiki mask. Sort of. Yes. And then these, yeah, you'll see what looks like horns come out of like the left and right sides of it on the top. And then they come out and then those are two robots that you have to kill and they will continually just keep going. Uh, so you kill them and then more come and more. So the, what the game is telling you is you just get a move on. You're, you're never going to stop this. You just have to keep going, jump over this thing and get to the next one. Uh, and while you're on yeah. top of this, of course, there's like, you know, flying bird like enemies that are harrying you to. Uh, and we should mention like the knockback. Oh yeah, like so when you if you hit one of these spikes, it'll knock you back and probably into the bottomless pit, depending on which one you hit. Yeah, well, if you hit any enemy, what happens is you know you you lose some of your health, but you also for a, a moment your your character kind of goes like eh, you know, and then you move backwards a few pixels, and you can't you can't break out of it. Like it's an automatic animation that happens, which means yeah, yeah. if you're too close to the edge of a ledge and this happens, you're 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 falling to your death. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so, yeah, you make your way just through a bunch of this stuff uh, to meet mm-hmm. Airman. Then, Another great design. I love this design. Yeah, it kind of looks like a like a like a floor like box fan with arms and eyes and stuff. Yeah, he doesn't have a. Some of these have like characters have like faces and mouths and stuff. This one doesn't. He just he's just like sort of like an upside down triangle, the bulk of which is this big blue fan, and then he just sort of got eyes on yeah. top of it. And, uh, yeah, he's constantly trying to blow you, you know, side to side. And, um, but that it, the blowing around oddly does not affect the leaves, uh, that you use in your shield to then just like toss those at him and, and take him down. Yeah. You'd think like, I remember thinking that shield was like, oh, I'm protected. It's like, nope, not, not quite. That's <laughs> it's not, just a weapon. Yeah. It, it goes around. Well, you can use it if you bump into an enemy. Um, so you, so if you have the shield going around you and you bump into an enemy, they'll die. But if they shoot, like, projectiles at you, those will go through the shield and hit you. Yeah. And then, let's see, you take Airman and you take him to Crash Man. Quick Man. Is it Quick Man? Oh, Crash Man. No? Which one? Nope, hang on. No, I, 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 you, I'm sure you probably said it right. Air Shooter to Crash Man. Yep, I said it wrong. Yep. Crash, Crash. Man. but you're going to fall down several screens and have to work your way all the way back up. Uh, and of course yeah, all the enemies and all the enemies respawn. If you, if you leave, if you kill all the enemies on a screen, you leave and you go to the next screen. If you were to pop right back in, they'd be, those enemies would be there as if nothing had happened. So, yep. you know, uh, real slog kind of climbing up this thing. If you have the, the little elevators that will help you, but um, it's, uh, it's tough. Yeah, and it's the background's interesting because it's it starts out pretty much a lot like uh, Airman's, right? Because it's like blue background, white clouds, and then at some point it becomes night, and like it looks like there's stars, and so it's like you're outside the whole time. Well, it's like you're going above the atmosphere, right? You're climbing so high. Oh, I think that's what they're going. Go. I think that's what they're going for. Got is it? Because yeah. the stage actually looks sort of like imagine that like giant uh, orange, like on the space when they would have the space shuttle. There's that giant orange, like a. Uh, crane type thing you would go up the astronauts would go up to get to where the uh yeah 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 the rocket is and that um that is kind of the aesthetic here it's a lot of like orange rebar looking stuff uh construction site 
things. And you would, so you go up and up this thing as you get to the top and crash man, like he fires like this very quick little torpedo at you that then explodes. And if it misses you, it will stick to the wall for a, you know, a couple of seconds and then explode. It's like sort of like a little like grenade slash landmine. Yeah. Which those will you'll will need later. Yeah. And the, uh, the airman weapon that you get is it, what it does is it fires these three little tornadoes that arc up and away from you. So it's kind of a limited usefulness because it's yeah, if an enemy is it only works if an enemy is kind of diagonally, you know, up from you. And so yeah. you have to kind of wait for like Crash Man to jump over you to and time it because they move sort of slow. So you have to sort of get that timing just right. Yeah, and yeah, they call him Crash Man, but his body, he's just got two little drill hands, so I'm not sure how that crash and drill, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, not not as one, one of the weaker ones in terms of the theming, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then he gives you this weapon, so throughout the game, you'll find these, what, these like sort of blocks that are basically gates. If you have Crash Man's weapon, you fire one of these little, you know, sticky mines at it that blow up, and that will open the way forward through what was previously impassable. Yep. And uh, is that all of them? And then Quick Man. Quick Man. Did we do Quick Man already? Yeah, he gives you the boomerang, right? Then we're done. Okay. And we're back at the end of the thing. So you've done all eight of the Robot Masters. You've taken them all down. And now you go into the final gauntlet, which is the castle of Dr. Wiley. five stages to it uh, and now we're in sort of more of a like kind of a stone and steel uh, you know enemy base type environment and the bosses on these are real fun because they're these really really big sprites and the first one is no, kind of notoriously hard um, so not much to talk about with the level you're just kind of cl- clambering over platforms and up ladders and stuff until you get to this yeah. dragon fight Mecha Dragon. Yeah, did you yeah, struggle he's, with this? Uh, big and green, and oh yeah, of course, I struggled with everything. <laughs> I was not a very good at video games. I just liked them, but uh, you know, he's he's uh, he, it's like a green. It almost looks like a children's like Puff the Magic Dragon kind of thing with like a blue jacket. Yeah, but again, a robot. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a great descriptor. He is kind of Puff the Magic Dragon. Yeah, and then the the really hard part about it is his stage doesn't look like, you know, the the Robot Masters boss stages are different. You're on three blocks suspended in an otherwise bottomless pit. Well, first, he kind of pursues you through, you know, from so you're running to the right, jumping from yeah. block to block to block uh, as he is coming at you. And eventually you get to a point where, you know, it stops. Like you've got, like I said, you've got these three, and it's just one block wide. And you have to jump between yes. them while he's firing at you. And he's weakest to the boomerang. Um, so you have to kind of like take time to sort of you know, turn in his direction and fire off these boomerangs at him while doing the, the high wire act of, of staying on these blocks. It's, it's pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. Notoriously but, tough. Uh, fun. Uh, and the music in uh, the first Wiley stage is, you know, among all of these great tracks, one of the best ones. Nice. I'm gonna have to revisit that. Oh yeah. No, I I, I go back to this soundtrack all the time. This one and, and three. Um, so uh, so you beat this. You move on to the next Wiley stage. Which again, these are all kind of more of the same in terms of stages. There, it's a lot of spikes. A lot of it's it's sort of like the final exam. They're they're using all of the tricks they showed you before, but now they're all happening at once. Uh, yep. And this one, I believe, you make your way to that giant like bulldozer robot. Yeah. According to this, it's Picope. Pico Pico Kun. Pico Pico Kun. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's Japanese. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would I'm I'm not the guy to, to consult. But yeah, this is looks more standard. You're in a box kind of thing, and it's like a little drill looking tank kind of 
thing. Yeah, I don't but know how it's to describe it. but it's huge. It's like an anthropomorphized like picture like a uh, um, like a bulldozer, like heavy con- duty construction construction equipment with like a giant robot torso coming and a head coming out of the top of it, and so yeah. it kind of like moves forward and backward. And you have to sort of keep keep your distance from it while it fires things at you, and then you make sure you're hitting. It's it's not vulnerable everywhere. I believe it has a couple of like specific spots where it's vulnerable to taking damage. Um, mm. Again, one again, one of the best like sprites on the NES, just like a you know, huge detailed, like really just lively drawing. I don't know how else to describe it, but like, you know, it's the kind of thing that would like fire your imagination as a kid, as opposed to like some of these just like, yeah, yeah, it's a couple of like, you know, blobs. Got it. Okay. This is why I wasn't getting it. Uh, I, th- this is the guy for Wily Fortress three. Is that... Guts Dozer. Oh, okay. I skipped over one. That's why. All right. What's the guy for? I was like, man, I didn't remember this at all. No, mm-hmm. this guy is like a little. It almost looks like a moth kind of thing or something. Little purple guy, and you're just in a box. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Less interesting, but no. Yeah. Back to the big... back to the big old bulldozer again. Big personality. Big you know graphics. Just just beautiful looking art. It's you know it's clearly inspiration for you know, games like Cuphead later and that kind of thing. Well, this is, I mean, the, the anime influence here is obvious, right? You know, you look at yeah. these and it, like the art style is pure, you know, classic Dragon Ballsy, you know, uh, type anime where, you know, big yep. eyes on these things, you know, um, and, you know, kind of just wildly, um, you know, cartoony looks like, again, they're, they're supposed to be like killer robots, but everything about them is like, oh, I want to get like, I want to get a plush of this thing so I can hug it. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Uh, so we go through a couple more stages of this stuff. And then I guess basically we get to Wiley who, so you fight Dr. Wiley in like a, like a big back. And then he, he runs off after you kill him or you think you kill him. Okay. And you, uh, oh, I'm sorry. We forgot the. We didn't talk about the boss rush. This is the like. I was about to say yeah. like yeah. The, the before this is the big old like you thought you beat the bosses once. Now beat them all again. Yeah, you're in this. This is a very Mega Man thing. You're in this room. There's eight teleporters. There's no way to know which robot they go to. So unless yeah. you have it, you know, you have you've written it down before and you know. Um, so yeah. you you go into one. All of a sudden, you just basically do the exact same boss fight you did before. So you pull out the weapon you know is most useful. You kill them, and when you kill them, you don't get anything for it, but you do get a little extra health. So that will help you hopefully survive. You know, getting through all eight of them in a single go. Uh, which you you do, and uh, yeah. not much more to say about it other than that. Except this, this becomes a a classic staple for the series of like, uh, and and other games like it. Like we've talked about Shovel Knight on this podcast. We, I've talked about mm-hmm. it with you a few times. I don't know if you had a chance to try it yeah. yet. Have you played it? Yet? Not yet. No. Oh man, you gotta mm-hmm. play Shovel Knight. Um, Shovel Knight does this too. You know, there's a, um, nice. a, a one of these right near the end. And what they do is instead of having it be like a teleporter that you go into in Shovel Knight, you just it, the game kind of randomizes the order they go in. And so it's mm. but every time, like if you die and you try it again, it'll, you, you'll get them in a different order. So, oh, nice. you, you know, you're never able to totally just, you know, prepare for it. But uh, a lot of fun. I, again, I, I cannot recommend Shovel Knight highly enough. It's if you can't have any love for games of this vintage. Please play Shovel Knight. It's you, know, you, it, you, you can beat it in an afternoon. It is a delight from top to bottom. Uh, anyway, so nice. um, so we killed this. Now we get to Wiley. Now we get to Wiley, who's just, yeah, again, in like a big giant machine that you, you fire away at. Um, not too interesting here, um, but then he, you know, you think you killed him, but he hops in his little like flying saucer and, and flies away. And you go through this weird little level that's like, it's interesting. It's not even a level. It's like this vestibule where like, um, there's just like acid dripping from the ceiling here and there. It's sort of like, yeah. sort of like we talked about with Simon's quest where like you get to Dracula's castle and it's really empty and there's something spookier about less happening at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting parallel. Yeah. I think it makes you just, you know, again, you're, 
it, as a gamer, you're so used to, all right, you know, this thing is constantly throwing projectiles and creatures at me uh, and bottomless pits and spikes and everything else. And to just go through this one little cave with this minor little obstacle of the dripping acid, it, it gives you that, it makes you feel like, all right, when's the other shoe going to drop? Yeah. Uh, and boy, do they do something weird here. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Dr. Wiley was an alien the whole time. Yeah, he looks like Mark Twain, you know, like this kind of cartoon human. And again, Mark Twain, maybe they're going for Einstein, but he looks more like Mark Twain to me. Anyway, he uh, yeah. Yeah, but he morphs into this like classic sort of you know, uh, alien creature, which they never came back to in the series. It was never explained. They never tried to like. I don't think they justify it when Wiley's back in Mega Man 3 of like, he's still an alien. I think we all just sort of pretend that never happened because it's too freaking weird uh, for him to just all of a sudden be an alien out of nowhere. But uh, then he goes into like, again, he's sort of flying around. And the only way to, like, the, the only, the secret way to kill him here is use the bubble, which yeah. he's, he's, I believe they do a thing where if you hit him with anything other than the bubble, his health goes back up. Goes up. Yeah. Yeah, which you know, which that takes a while to figure out. <laughs> it takes you a while to go like, all right, I, I better use this bubble. But the, the, again, as we said, with the bubble, it, it's real. It's only it's not very useful as a weapon because it barely goes up in this small arc and then rolls along the floor. Uh, it's yeah. useful for finding like hidden uh, holes in the floor, which the, another thing from Simon's Quest they do. Um, yeah, you know, these like pits that like don't they look they're otherwise completely undetectable. But yeah, so you have to wait. Interesting how these things overlap like that, those parallels. Yeah. And so you have to wait for him to kind of get within range. Either he has to be like right up next to you or down near the ground, which is rare. He's mostly flying around. So it's a lot of like, you know, you bobbing and weaving, waiting for an opening to do this. Uh, But then you kill him. Yeah. Yep. And you get an awesome little uh, ending. Doesn't he like cry here? Doesn't he kind of like you know pound on the floor and go? <laughs> Is that this one? Uh, yeah, I don't. I think I in one of the games he does that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely remember that in general. I don't remember if it was this game or not. I think he does. I think okay. he he turns back into a, a human form and then he's just like doing the like, classic like kid tantrum, banging on the floor stuff. You broke all my toys. Yeah. And then we get this cute little ending of. Uh, Mega Man walking the lonely road back home. Yeah, uh, and you know, and that's the and you know, we're talking about like what is it about this game that I love? Like, I some games I would play through and I would either beat them or I get bored and that would be it. But some games I would just replay over and over and over and reliably. Whenever a new Mega Man came out, whether it was as good as the last one or not the replay value on these of just like, I'm just going to go beat three or four bosses right now just to, just to go play little mega man. And, uh, that's, I, I rarely would play it all the way through, you know, but like just, just the, especially with the codes and everything, just, just go back in and, and play these games. It was just always fun and, and it sounded good and it looked good with colors and the play was good. It's just a good game. This game benefits a lot from its atmosphere. And it's one of those things where I think, you know, you look at it critically, and you can see some of the flaws of like, okay, the bosses are too easy. Some of these traversal challenges are too hard. Um, once you know the the order in which to kill all of the bosses, it trivializes certain things, right? All of those criticisms are are valid, but the vibe of the game, like there's something about just like settling in, you know, hearing those, those great chip tunes kick in. And I think Mega Man himself is such a tight... Um, the, the the controls on him are so tight and so wonderful to use. You can really make him stop on a dime and do whatever you want. Um, you, you you get used to that and you get used – once you kind of in, internalize where all of the enemies are and where to go, it becomes like, you know, uh, like a routine, but it's like a really satisfying routine to go through. And yeah. so, like, it was, it was a game that, like, you know, years later I'd be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm in the mood for Mega Man 2. Why not? Let's do it again. 
in a way that I never was for any of the later ones, even though, the, you know, they're fun. They follow the same formula, but there's something about this particular one where it was just like all of the subsequent NES Mega Man games were sort of chasing this high. And I don't it was yeah. often imitated, never duplicated. Right. Yeah. Uh, to me, their next big real feature was Mega Man X. That was the one that, that I thought they really kind of upped the ante after you know, however many Mega Man's they did on the regular Nintendo. Yeah, they did six, and then uh, Mega Man X is sort of a re- not a quite a reboot, but a new series for the Super Nintendo. So now they brought it into the 16-bit era, and it adds a bunch of different yeah. features. And it's you know, it's generally the same formula. It's also you know a really fun, wonderful game uh, in its own right. Um, but it is just really just again they 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 found this formula and they recycled it. Um, there are, yeah. there are some nice innovations to Mega Man X, but, uh, and then they got into some real, there's all kinds of really weird games. There's this character named as zero they invented and proto man. They, they, they sort of brought these in. They had all of these, uh, Mega Man legends and Mega Man battle networks. These sort of totally different, like it took place in the Mega Man universe, but not the same formatted game. I never really got into those or tried them, so I can't speak to them. Um, but it was it's funny that they finally came around to like when they they ended up making like Mega Man 8, 9 and 10 and then eventually I think 11 now they went back to the NES formula. They said this is what people want. They want yeah. they want the old blue bomber. Yeah, and I thought that was fun, you know, like to, to cuz you've talked about that before with Castlevania like the they they had all these restrictions so they got to make this beautiful art and now we can do so much more, but it's like there's still some yeah, but I I like what they had even though they were so limited. Yeah, I don't know that a, I couldn't imagine a modern Mega Man on like the PS5, like how that would work. It would be 3D and they'd probably make it open world and it would just, you know, they could make an interesting game, I suppose, but it wouldn't have the right feel, you know. And yeah, even this team, like famously, so Kenji Inafune did a, a crowdfunded game called Mighty Number no. 9. So somehow I think he did not have the rights from Capcom to make a new Mega Man game. He said, well, basically I'll make Shmega Man. You know, I'll try to make something that's really similar and just I've never played it. But the the critical consensus was nope, big nope mm. on, on Mighty Number no. 9. So I, I can't speak to it. But like it does say something, like I said, that when they made these newer ones, they went back to the original formula. Yeah. yeah. And I hear they're wickedly hard. Oh, yeah. I've, I, I haven't had the pleasure of playing them. I'll have to give them a try one of these days when I feel like a little meso core platforming, as they call it. Um, so, uh, you know, we're kind of coming to the end here and, and, uh, Rich, why do you think it is that Mega Man 2 has had the legacy it's had? Because uh, this is one of these games that, again, like when the lists of the best video games ever made are, are circulated by whatever publication, this one's always on there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, everything we talked about, you know, it was, uh, the music, the art, the innovation, um, all the colors, the gameplay, you know, it's a, an imperfect game, but it just, it, it struck the right chord with people at the time. And, you know, for, as you said, for most people, it was their introduction to Mega Man. You know, they, they didn't know the first one, uh, kind of like most of us didn't know Street Fighter 1 uh, the same. But this just, I don't know, it was, it was just a big hit, and it launched Mega Man. You know, we, we mentioned this before, I think, in the Castlevania podcast, of that uh, he was a main character in... Oh, Captain N. Yeah, we forgot to talk about Captain that. N, the Game Master, right? And, like, that just, for me, at that time, like, really immersed me in this world of, like, okay, Nintendo's the whole... You know, before I was using the term comic book universe or, you know, whatever, like, Nintendo felt like a universe of, like, you've got your Mega Man right next to your Mario, right next to your Simon Belmont, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Hey, we're your friends. Good friends would never forget their best little buddy's birthday. We have another surprise for you, Mega Man. Dr. Wright, my creator. Oh, uh, happy birthday, Mega Man. <laughs> Make a wish and blow out the candles. Well, this isn't exactly what I was wishing for. What did you wish for, Mega Manicus? I can't tell you that, kid Icarus. If I do, it won't come true. How about opening your presents, Mega Man? Oh, boy. What's this? It's a software cartridge that will automatically teach you how to exercise. Thanks, your highness. I'll grow Mega Muscles with this. 
yeah, he he appears like you know he's a a pillar of this uh, early video game world, and he sort of dropped off to a degree uh, compared to some of those other franchises. But there's something about the the blue bomber, as they call him. I, I think it has to do with like that. You want this kind of one to one feeling of your video game avatar in your hands. You want it to feel like, you know, whatever my mind wants him to do, he will do. And the because the, the controls for Mega Man are so tight and responsive, um, there's something about that that makes the play feel really, really satisfying as you're bopping around shooting all these things. And it's there's challenges, but it's not hyper-challenging, you know, moment to moment. There are certain spots where it's like, eh, little hard to traverse this area but by and large like the the combat between you and these enemies isn't merciless the way it is in one and so you you get that um empowerment fantasy of like yeah i am i I am you know knocking down all of these cute little robots and again like you said the aesthetics the music and the visuals are so charming that it's a fun world to inhabit yeah oh one thing uh, we just forgot to mention is an upgrade from one and another thing that i like about is that uh uh, in one Mega Man one, there was a points thing, and there were things that would give you points, and it was like it was so it was pointless <laughs> to have those points. Yeah, and they did away with that in this game, and it was one of the few games I remember growing up that didn't have any kind of a points thing, and I was like, I kind of liked that. Yeah, I mean, like for you know, Super Mario Brothers has a points system that is mostly useless, yeah. and it's a holdover from the arcade days, right? When it was like it was all about who could get the high score, and people quickly yeah. were like, uh, that's just a number, and I don't care especially when I'm playing at yeah. home and no one's going to see. So right, yeah, yeah. Sm- smart of them to uh, excise that from the game. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, that, that kind of covers it for Mega Man too. You know, it, it is a, a breezy delight of a game and it's a, it's yeah. something I'll, I'll go back to every once in a while, even as an adult, because it's just, uh, it's just something fun. To, it just feels like, ah, I just want a quick snack of a game. I'll go play Mega Man. Yeah. But like I said, I will say that if you want something more modern that um, has that feel uh, with uh, you know, has some of the edges smooth, you know, sanded off uh, for a smoother ride. Shovel Knight is absolutely the way to go. Its soundtrack is every bit as good as Mega Man 2's and more. Um, wow. The visual, yeah, it is. It is a treat. Rich, I cannot strongly enough recommend. Before you- our next podcast recording, I will have, I will have experienced Shovel Knight. If you if you buy it today, you could beat it tonight. It doesn't take long, but you will you will. Pl- I promise you will devour that game if you if, based on your love for Mega Man Two, and I, I assume. The NES DuckTales as well. Oh, yeah. It's basically like the, the love child of those two games in terms of play. So you'll love, love it. it. All right. So um, here we are at the end. Rich, where can people find you if they want to find you? Uh, if you're interested in improv coaching or jumping, dropping in an improv class uh, for free for the first time, uh, richbakercoaching.com or at richbakercoaching on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to find us, we are on I'm not going to call it Twitter. It's X, so we're going to call it 10. I'm fucking calling it Roman numeral 10 because fuck Elon Musk. Anyway, we're still on there waiting for it to uh, be sold at a yard sale to someone better. So we're there at uh, <laughs> at Nostalgia Pod. Uh, we're also on threads, and then you can find us, uh, find look for Nostalgia Marcanum on Instagram. Uh, and please do, like I said, go out of your way to follow us there because that's where I post all the bonus reels for this. So if you have thoughts on Mega Man 2 or our last two episodes, which were Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, the original 1993 Doom, which Rich was also uh, kind enough to guest on. And before that, Who Framed Roger Ooh. Rabbit? Um, coming up next, I'm not sure because I, I have recorded our episodes for Muppet Treasure Island and 1989's Batman. They're both great episodes. I am still on the fence as to what to do with the ongoing uh, SAG after a writer's strike because, in theory, we shouldn't be promoting struck content because, uh, yeah, fuck those studio heads. They, the people, uh, the creatives deserve what they're uh, what they're entitled to. So I'm not sure if I'm going to release those yet or how I feel about them. So I'm going to, but I do want to get those episodes out to you guys. So I don't entirely know if I'm going to try and uh, squeak in something else here, but it sure would be nice to have Batman be the 50th episode of this podcast, which was what it would be if I just did those mm. two next. So, all right, I may have to just cave here and be a scab, but... Anyway, I'll, I'll figure out what to do next. But those are on the horizon. They are recorded, and they are they are a lot of fun. So look for those. Uh, all right. So, uh, Rich, thanks again for coming by, man. As always, a pleasure, Doug. Thank you. All right. Until next time, that is one more entry in the Nostalgia Arcana. These?
seems to be energy resources. But I've never seen this type on Earth. I don't know where this energy came from, but I cannot let it fall into Dr. Wowie's hands. <laughs> you must recover all the energy immediately, Mega Man. But where is Dr. Wiley? That's a good question. We may be able to locate another energy emission from the radar room. When we find that meteor, we'll find Dr. Wowie. <laughs>